to welcome everyone to the two voices podcast i am one of your hosts james edgar sky and my name is kim and today's topic is about being alone so kim is going to begin by asking the first question all right the question's for you david um why do you think we don't listen to ourselves when we feel alone I think it really starts with our state of mind. A lot of the times when we're alone or we're feeling alone that we don't want to listen to that voice that's saying that you can't be alone or that it's not, it's, it's not okay to be alone. You know, we're taught so often that we need to have people in our lives and we need to have, you know, relationships and friendships and family and that these things are important and then when we feel like in my situation in my experience when I feel depressed I feel like I can't reach out because I don't want to be judged and so I think there's a lot of judgment with feeling alone Hmm. so if I heard you correctly it's almost like when you said state of mind it, you're saying that it really influences and impacts how you, um, not even how, but if you will reach out to someone else to, I suppose, in um, increase your people around you to feel less alone? Is that what you were saying? Yeah, it. you don't want to be the burden. You don't want to burden your friends, your family with what you're feeling. Because feeling alone is a very individual type of feeling. Mm. You know, it's something that your mind is telling you that you shouldn't be, but you're fighting it. Um, A lot of people experience feeling alone because they're depressed. It's not with every experience, as we'll learn, you know, throughout talking about these issues. But you know, truly it's, we're really focusing on what it feels like and why we decide not to reach out. And it's because feeling alone is a really lonely place and it's hard. It really is to really burden someone else. I'm feeling that. So my question for Kim is, what is accomplished when we wonder what it feels or what it feels like to be less alone? I'm going to come at this from a very personal angle. I can only speak for myself. Like what you said, I really appreciate it. What you said is that each person's experience with feeling alone is very individual. I couldn't agree more with that, honestly. Uh, for me, uh, what I accomplished when I wondered what it felt like to be less alone I suppose it kept me on my toes. I mean, I would have many breakdowns, mental breakdowns where I, it pained me to, to scroll through my phone, for example, or, you know, swipe through Facebook and have all these people that I'm supposedly connected to. And I just didn't feel like I had the gall like who who was I to 
to wonder or reach out to feel less alone. So I don't know. I guess it like I put skin in the game when that happened for me, when I kept wondering. It, it was almost like, you know, when am I going to jump in the water kind of deal? When am I just going to go jump into the pool and go for it? And I definitely treasure the depth and I can appreciate the depth of the thinking I went through and the, and the pain too. So I, I feel like for me, I developed my own sense of gratitude without needing to compare myself to anyone else. So when I felt alone, that was le legitimately the clearest path to developing self-awareness, self-appreciation, and finally saying, you know, this isn't, I, this isn't enough for me anymore, feeling alone. So I suppose hitting a low, in my case, really kind of fantasizing about how everyone the world would keep spinning and everyone would carry on if I wasn't there anymore so it it helped me like pain taught me that it I it was I was ready to to be less alone to feel less alone too I guess that kind of segues into our next question for you right <laughs> Uh, the question I have for you is where do you begin listening to yourself when every thought makes you feel alone or brings on fight or flight reflexes? That is a great question and one that comes up often in my own personal experiences. And like Kim, I will use a kind of a personal experience for me as well. When you just decide that you're going to actually listen to yourself, it begins with you. You have to make that choice. You have to decide, this is something that I want. This is something that needs to happen for me. And, you know, when every thought is making you feel alone and really that fight or flight, you know, you want to just run to the hills and not have to deal with it. That's where you go against the grain. You decide that, okay, what's the worst that can happen if I reach out? Honestly, listen. people are willing to at least listen. Conversation. That's what this whole thing about two voices is. Conversations. Um, we'll talk about it later. There are resources out there. But there are people in your life right now that are willing to listen, but it begins with you listening to yourself and how you feel. And try to fight that, that, that voice that's telling you not to reach out because that just makes you fall deeper in the rabbit hole of being alone in my personal experience. And I felt better, though I felt like a burden at times, I felt better when I did reach out. That's my own personal experience. I definitely remember you telling me that a couple times and I feel like that's such an individual tipping point. Like everyone's turning point looks different. Everyone's choice to everyone's choice, like choice is such a personal word and definition. 
And I feel I think, like that, that, go ahead. I was going to say, I think that that's going to come up a lot in what we talk about choices. You can choose to be unhappy or happy. You have a choice in being happy or unhappy. That is so key. You have a choice. And some people believe that they don't. Some people believe that, they, you know, a lot of I things. Think, I think some people wish that they felt like it was a choice. Yeah, I think that's a better way of putting it, honestly. Yeah, kind of like a sympathetic approach to listening to someone, which isn't a one-size-fits-all. Listening to someone is not a one-size-fits-all thing. It's very individual. Like, I'm sorry you had to go through that. It's hit-miss because it's almost like it's not as valuable it's not as valid of an experience if you made a certain choice like not all choices are perceived as equal which i feel like ties into i think uh, you're gonna ask me a question next about it and i feel like it it ties in pretty absolutely intimately so my question for kim is depression is powerful it can control how you feel stress alone, have thoughts of suicide, and specifically negative thoughts. What can we do? Honestly, that's that's the profound turning point. I feel like we all, maybe not all of us can relate to the same degree and intensity, but the whole what can we do, like that's that's legitimately music to my ears at the time. And even when I do go through moments of just feeling down, what can we do instead of going, well, this is, this is what it is kind of thing. Uh, that never worked for me. Uh, perhaps it's situational at sometimes maybe all I could afford was to numb myself and to feel depressed. Um, what you can do is ask that question. What can, what can I do? And instead of focusing on I'm depressed, I feel sad, no one cares about me. It's let the, let the thoughts be there, just like at a party. There's always gonna be some people you don't coalesce with, you don't blend with, you don't vibe with. That's fine, let them, let those things be there and give yourself, even if it's like 30 seconds, give yourself 30 seconds to ask yourself, what can I do? I mean, I was thinking about this just before uh, David and I, <laughs> James and I got on the <laughs> interview is, I feel like all of us can, can just close your eyes if you wish, or just fixate on a point where you don't have a lot of visual distractions. And just imagine a point in time where you were going through a really rough, really long period of time, really, and something happened. And you everything drifted away like the sadness was gone i don't know about y'all all of you but when i get to go to a place where no one knows me um where i don't know anyone i'm not really obligated to work or anything there's no memories i feel so free and i feel like all of us have been in intensely down at some point before and even during that time you didn't have to obey the, the depression or feeling down that was there because you weren't thinking about it. 
So the what can I do can be just enough to, to encourage you to push yourself to realize there's always a choice, even if it's not, you know, quote unquote, an ideal choice, it's still a choice. So that's, that's, that's what I feel you can do when you, when you are in a state of mind where you feel like the depression is powerful, you can't shake it, you can't fight it, you can't win, fine, accept that. That's how you feel right now where you are. And it can control how you feel stressed, alone, um, experiencing thoughts of suicide and negative thoughts. But you, not the depression, can control how you respond to it. You, know, you can feel sad, but you can choose how to respond to the sadness being there. Absolutely. And that's really kind of the goal of what we're trying to share here is that everything's choices and really what you decide is ultimately what happens. Okay. Question for you, James, the last one of this episode. Uh, do places exist where we can truly have a voice? I believe they do. Um, there's a lot of great resources out there. Uh, we'll make sure we put them in the episode description. Um, one of the great things that's out there, if you don't know, Seven Cups is a great resource. Um, I know Kim has used it. I've used it. Um, it's a place where people can listen and also listen to you. Um, we're trying to create a place here with within two voices where we can kind of collaborate with one another. And uh, I'm going to let Kim kind of go into that part of it. But yes, there are plenty of resources out there where you can have a voice. And so I'll let Kim kind of answer, answer the end of that question. Yeah, I honestly, I feel like when I was at the peak of being a social butterfly, that's probably also when I reached the peak of me feeling depressed. I never went in for a formal diagnosis, but I can promise you I had definitely, I definitely had depression and seven cups was actually one of the first resources I tapped into. And the reason why I, I really, it's a really, it's a vouch safe for when you're not quite sure if you're ready to, you know, be social in like authentically show up, even if you feel like a burden to people or you feel like no one's going to like you, or you're afraid of people rejecting you because you have some tit for tat thing going on. You're just going through it. Um, this, the essence of seven cups is anonymity. You know, no one's, in inquiring after your profession, your age, if you are um, a single parent or anything like that, like your ethnicity, your family background, they're not going to ask for any of that. And I feel like to transpose that experience, if someone of you listening does choose to jump into Seven Cups, the, the vision for James and I with the people that follow this podcast is to understand 
James and I are just two voices. We're not any more or less than any of you. The goal is to help realize that we need to take responsibility for our own individual experiences. And once you start taking control of that and making those choices, it, it naturally makes it so that over time, you actually are speaking up for yourself. And I'm pretty sure every one of us that have felt alone really vibes with this is that it's so much easier to help other people than to help ourselves. And if we can practice having that voice for ourselves and keeping each other accountable, like holding people to their word, that would really create a, a balance between growth and challenge and learning, actually balance among those two. So that would be what we would love for people listening to, you know, reach a fork in the road and understand it. I mean, it feels good to have other people speak up for you and make choices for you. But at the end of the day, I, that's on you. And that, that place, once, once you make the internal um, transition, you're going to realize all these doors open outside of you. Oh, snap. You mean I can, I can have a voice anywhere? Absolutely. Uh, so you create more places the more you internally make that choice. Thank you for sharing that, Kim. Uh, I just want to end this episode on a quick note that together we can be less alone. And that's what our aim here at Two Voices Podcast will be. And so this is James Sky. And this is Kim. And we want to say good night. Thank you. Hi, my name is Kim. And I am James. And today we are discussing what is Two Voices Podcast. And what Two Voices Podcast isn't. So I'll start us off. Two Voices Podcast is not a support group. It isn't therapy. It is not a group of mental health counselors. We are not health and wellness consultants. And we are not emotional support. And for me, the Two Voices Podcast is about starting conversations as it takes at least two voices to communicate how we are feeling in the moment, how feeling alone feels, and how to stay accountable to our mental health. This is about collaboration with you, 
alongside us and others with a shared common goal of changing the negative perceptions we have of being alone. It begins with listening. The first time James and I met was actually through WordPress. And I couldn't help but to appreciate the authenticity that shined through when James would talk about how it felt when he was alone and I could relate so much. And here we are. We really feel drawn to take up the mantle and and provide a, a, a actual virtual space for people that feel alone to also be vulnerable enough to say, hey, this is, this is, it is okay to not be okay. And what can I do more of? And then together, we just decided to come together collaboratively, give our two voices so that the others in the mental illness community, even those that are listening, they're not really in the mental health community. Maybe you know someone. Maybe you're dealing with mental health issues, but you just don't know what it means. This is a place to really talk, discuss, and collaborate with one another. You'll see within the next podcast episodes what we're going to start growing together what our voices together will be. And absolutely. I come from the end of not being diagnosed and for a while I was in denial about it and here I met James and I really co-sign what he's saying about the whole collaborative approach to mental health. There really is no right or wrong answer when it comes to mental health and I feel if enough voices collaborate and rally, it will be so much more productive of a space in the mental health community. Instead of just having conversations about our mental health, we're actually doing something about it together, independently, without needing a clear, concise, step-by-step process. And for me, it really is about using my anecdotal evidence. What that means is my own personal experiences with living with bipolar one disorder, social anxiety, panic disorder, really having a mental health diagnosis, living with a mental illness diagnosis. And perhaps I can start begin to share what it's like or what it's been for me to be alone and that's really the main goal is being alone is so common in mental health and mental illness negative thoughts come into our minds and there is a way to change it to positive thinking there absolutely is and in our first podcast episode the two voices will really begin with james and i 
asking each other questions questions that i feel a lot of us have on our mind to want to ask each other but we're maybe apprehensive to do so and we really appreciate you all coming to this podcast searching for a place to actually accept who you are be courageous enough to explore what that means and to take a take a step to explore what am i what do i want to do with that information so with that having been said you feeling ready for the first podcast episode i am and i want to welcome everybody to two voices